Welcome to the podcast, Energy Medicine, where we are aligning your mind, body, and spirit with energy-based modalities. With your host, Dr. Mary Sanders, a medical intuitive and a chiropractor, let's join the podcast. Today on Energy Medicine, I will be joined by Kara Dempsey, who is the founder and host of Float Activity Podcast. Float activity is a way of using the flow and cycle of your body, your design, and your astrology to elevate your intuition to find achievable and fulfilling productivity. Thank you for joining us. I am your host, Dr. Mary, and I invite you to visit my website, www.drmarysanders.com to download your free guide to boost your energy centers to experience more clarity, purpose, and vitality. We'll be right back after this quick break. Welcome back to today's show. With me today is Kara Dempsey. Kara is an entrepreneur, a mother, a wife, and a lover of life. After reviving herself from a life of hustle and depletion, she found how she could reconnect to the essence of her soul. After having her second child in 2018, life got a little tough and she felt like she was trying to swim upstream in a raging river. And at that time, she asked the universe to show her the way. And since then, she'd been empowered to help others to do the same. She left her career of 19 years, and she stopped denying her true essence from shining through. Coming home to yourself can be overwhelming on where to start and what works for you. And that's why she's so passionate about guiding you to unlock your gifts so that you can fly on your own. Her title for today's show is Connecting with Your Energetic Circuitry Through Human Design. And Kara, thank you so very much. Welcome to the show, the podcast, Energy Medicine. It is sincerely my honor to have you as a guest today. Thank you so much for having me. We are going to have such a dynamic conversation today. I am looking forward to understanding more about human design. And quite honestly, I know just a little bit enough about human design to be dangerous, but I'm looking forward to learning from you as an expert, and especially when it talks about how to align with one's purpose. And I know many of us are searching today for I think the magical answer to reside outside of us, but I believe that you're going to set the stage that really the answers lie within us. So can you start us off, Kara, talking about why human design is so important in connecting with our soul's purpose? Human design ultimately is a blueprint of your energy centers, your energetic circuitry on how you operate as a person. And so the reason I speak so highly of it was because I was in this search of all the things that would fix me outside of me. But when someone started speaking about the different aspects of human design generally, not even too specific into my chart, I finally started to feel seen and heard. And then I started to realize that I was putting so much of how I operated in the expectations of other people. And so once I started to connect my energetic circuitry, I realized I left 
the world of burnout and started being able to create um, a life of passion and purpose. Interesting. And I think that's so true. That's a story that we hear from a lot of our listeners. They're going through burnout. They're experiencing a sense of loss. And loss comes, you know, with that comes with grief, like the identity of their selves. And I do believe that, you know, it's important for the listeners to understand that based upon the human design concept that the answers lie within our energy centers. Now, can you share with us? Now, I know that my work is based upon the chakra system, and those are also called energy centers. And when I think about the alignment of the, of the chakra system connecting into the vertical power current, that gives me an understanding of the flow of energy through the human body, but human designs a little bit differently. Now, how does the traditional chakra system show up in the human design model? So depending on a person's chart is depending on how it affects someone as a person. So having a, an energy center open, you are more susceptible to the energy around you being absorbed into your bodies. If you have it defined, you have consistent power within that energy center. So that is kind of one of the areas that des- it determines how you should make decisions it determines on what type you are. And so once you kind of break it down in those aspects, you can see how that can affect you. And so one of the first things about human design that really spoke to me was my emotional center is wide open. And knowing that when I walk into a room, I am deeply affected by people's emotions and that I need to protect myself before going in somewhere. And I need to clear myself leaving somewhere. And once I realized that that was something that I needed to do, it changed my energetics as a being that I wasn't so susceptible to people around me. So would it be safe to assume that the emotional center, does it correspond to the second chakra? Meaning that when I look at the second chakra as a medical intuitive, I find that when people are incredibly clairsentient, meaning that they can pick up the emotions of other people's or they can pick up the emotion of a room, that they are in an excess of that energy center, meaning that it's it's open too wide, which essentially I think that's what you're saying by undefined. So yes, not being undefined, but the emotional center is in relation to the solar plexus. And I think you're talking about the sacral. Is that correct? The second. So there's a little bit of discrepancy, same concepts, but just slightly different locations. Now, human design, you say is unique to each and every single individual. And it's based upon, correct me if I'm wrong, but somewhat like astrology, where it's location, time of birth, um, those dynamics that that share with you what type a person is and their overall blueprint. Can you speak about the different types that you see within human design? Well, before we get into types, because I think so many people want to dive into saying like, my type doesn't resonate. And so for your type to resonate, you need to understand your authority and your authority is ultimately how you should make decisions. And then the other piece is your strategy and your strategy is how you should take aligned action. 
And so if you're not following those foundational pieces, your type will not resonate with you. And so, so many people see that, you know, the generator is like an energizer bunny and they don't feel that way. Well, if they're not using those aspects, those very important aspects, they will not resonate with it. So it's like saying that you have a lamp and it doesn't work, but you don't have it plugged in. So of course it's not going to work if that makes sense. So while the type is important because it gives you a general idea of how you can utilize your energy, if you're not using the other things, you're going to be disconnected. Your circuitry is not going to be lit up. Interesting. I really appreciate you saying that. Um, Not much unlike, you know, thinking about common astrology with the sun versus the ascendant. You may not align with what the sun's message is, but you do align with what the ascendant is. And again, I think that there is a complexity to human design that needs to be addressed uh, in order to really understand the various different types. So I'm curious, Kara, I know that if you've been in a professional business after 19 years, such as yourself, it's hard to leave the security of a continuous paycheck. It's hard to leave what you know to be true, what you know to be systematic, you know, where you go to work every day. So Tell me and share with the audience, because I know a lot of people are going and experiencing through burnout, wondering how you found the courage to leave it all and to do something that really your soul was calling out for you to do. Well, I can't take full credit on that. I honestly feel like my spiritual awakening led me no choice. Once I saw how burnt out I was and how it was affecting my family and those around me, I just knew I couldn't go forward. And so it took me really sitting with myself, doing meditations, and knowing that I was seeing this future version of myself, being able to be more present with myself and my kids. And so I led a lot of that trust into the universe and providing for me. And so that took me redefining success, what that meant. It took a lot of um, adjustments in our family to be able to start a new business and knowing that I'm not going to generate revenue, you know, quickly. And so a, a kind of a funny insight with that was I left my job and I said, I am never going to work one on one with people again. And so I've stood strong in this for two ish years. And then the funny thing is the thing that was really bringing me most passion was working with people. I had a lot of accountability um, partners that I would talk through. I would talk their human design and they all kept telling me like, you need to be a coach. You need to work one-on-one with people because you've helped me see where I'm supposed to be putting my energy. You're helping me see and reconnect, realign with my soul. And so um, lo and behold, I am a coach now. And it is like reignited something. But it's taken me the last three years of rebuilding the boundaries I never had. It's getting really, really acquainted and practicing my inner authority and knowing when to say yes, and when to say no, and how to make those decisions, and taking that aligned action. So me following my human design has led me to what lights me up. And that's just being open. But, you know, I've heard the negative um, annotation of never say never. 
but I was saying never to working with people one-on-one. And then when I let my ego self kind of step out of the way, I see the big picture with it. And so that's ultimately what's led me into the world of working with people one-on-one again. And that was the thing I were, I missed most about being a hairstylist was the connection I had with my clients. And I ultimately life coached them in my chair. So it makes sense. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? Because just knowing what I know about you, Kara, being empathic and sensitive to other people's energies. In the industry of being a hairstylist, there's a huge energy exchange that happens between the person sitting in the chair and the stylist that is doing the hair. So it's not a, it doesn't it's not a surprise to me when I hear this about you as to how you physically went through and energetically went through burnout. So I think that that's What an aha, what a beautiful insight that you have. And Kara, I heard you say in your your last little blurb something about inner authority. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, inner authority is how you should make decisions. And so depending on what your inner authority is, and again, that is depending on what energy centers are lit up. And so the first thing to be said is that no one in their human design is meant to make decisions in their mind, not one person. And so the inner authority is kind of to help you. And so understanding and rebuilding that relationship with my sacral center, that is how I should make decisions. So I get an automatic uh uh-huh or uh uh-uh if I'm supposed to do something. And so the thing that probably burnt me out the most was saying yes when I got a no or saying yes when I didn't get an answer. And so when you have a sacral center as your inner authority, when you don't get a yes, that should still be a not right now. And if someone needs an answer that moment, that's when you say no, because you can't give them the yes that they're looking for. And so... This is the most important part is you're not going to just wake up one day and say, I have the best relationship with my sacral. It's taken me years to rebuild this relationship because as a society, we have been told how we should make decisions. We should get logical. We should be up in our minds and really think about the most logical step. And in the idea of human design, that's not the case. And so understanding your inner authority and practicing how to use it is honestly the first step anyone should take in human design. So Kara, when you're working with people one-on-one, do you counsel them in how to, so let's say somebody says, hey, Mary, will you do X, Y, and Z? And if I'm, if I'm sitting there and I don't get a resonance according to my own inner authority, can I, do you counsel people to say such as myself? So I then say to the person asking the request, I say, you know what? I can't give you an answer right now. Can I circle back to you? Or I really can't give you an answer today. Can I get back to you in a couple of days from now? So are you guiding people when you're working with them and you have the insight of their human design chart in front of them, in front of you, then are you saying, hey, Mary, the best way for you to handle requests when people are asking things is to A, slow down, B, do this, listen to that, 
And only when you receive this signal, then do you come back with a response. Um, 100%. To be honest with you, um, when I first started diving into human design, I, of course, got personal readings from people. And this is where I felt like there was kind of a break in the idea of having these human design readings is people are telling you about your design. Great. One, I'm someone that I like something tangible. I want something to look at that I can refer to. But that still was kind of leaving it um, surface level. And so when I started diving into human design, my goal is to get you aligned with your human design. I'm not going to tell mm-hmm. you about it because mm-hmm. most people, if they really want to go down the rabbit hole of their human design, they can do that by themselves. But mm-hmm. a lot of why I decided to um, become a life coach and get a, you know certified was that I can help people with tangible tools on how they can get connected with it. And so is that reminding them that they need to be in a quiet space undisturbed and really listen in their body. And, you know, I even have free options to help people because honestly, I feel like if people get more acquainted with how they are designed as a person, we would have so much more um, collaboration and peace across the world that like, I just want people to understand it. If they want to use me as a coach, that's a bonus. But I have made on my own podcast, many episodes about each inner authority, and then many meditations for them to connect with it. Because that right there, like I said, if people start practicing that, then they can be open to following more about their design. But if they don't get that inner authority piece down, they're not going to be energetically lit up with their human design. I love the concept because it sounds really empowering. So you're training people to embody the principles so that they're not dependent upon somebody giving them the reading based upon their design makeup. So if you can embody it, and I guess, you know, as you're recommending for people to slow down in meditation, to really be internal and self-reflective, then this is, again, you're developing a trust with the physical body. And I think both you and I would agree, Kara, that when you are keeping up with the demands of running a family, keeping up the demands of showing up in this world in your full essence and showing up personally and showing up professionally, taking care of other people as well as taking care of yourself, I believe that the human body, and I think you do as well, will give us the signals when we are out of balance. Like, I mean, obviously, you know, the universe works in beautiful and mysterious ways. But when I was going through burnout, I was completely depleted. I went through an an adrenal exhaustion to where I couldn't exercise anymore. I couldn't, I literally had to be flatlined. I mean, the universe took me from being hyperactive into a complete sedentary type environment to where I had no choice but to listen as to what was going on inside. And at that time, I did not like the messages, so I chose to ignore them. So share with us a little bit, if you would. I know that you are the name of your podcast. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it is Float Activity, correct? That is correct. So that has an element. I love the name flow, obviously, because if we can if we can flow through life with grace and ease, I think ultimately we're gonna reach our ultimate, you know, our desires. But How did you begin to embrace 
the the meaning of cycle for you physically, emotionally, and spiritually? And how did you end up evolving into the idea of floativity? I began to see um, I am someone that experiences a cycle. And so a lot of it came from understanding that I had different phases within my cycle. And that when I follow those four phases, I am extremely productive. And when I don't follow it, I am burnt out and I can't accomplish much. And so the key component is as women, no matter if we experience a cycle or not, we are not meant to do all the things all the time. And one of the most important parts of, say, um, even a project design is looking at the fact that that rest and reflection is probably the most important piece of a project. And I think so many people skip over that. And so it just came to a point of helping women understand that when they build standard operating procedures, whether it's with their menstrual cycle or the moon cycle, it becomes more a flow in life. And you become more productive when you're going with the flow and using that productivity in a way that feels good and not forcing you to get stuff done because it needs to be done. Mm -hmm. I think that's that takes a tremendous amount of honoring oneself. And having gone through various different seasons, if you will, of cycles, myself personally, having gone through perimenopause and menopause, I still, to this day, experience cycles. Just like yesterday, I can honestly tell you, I felt like somebody hit me with a two by four. I just wanted to lay down. I wanted to nap. I just wanted to take the day off. Now, did I take the day off? No, I did not. But what I did do is take an hour long nap in the afternoon because I was like, I am not going to go grab caffeine. I'm not going to do a stimulant in order to get through this day. I am going to honor my physical body, provide it with the rest. And quite honestly, Kara, I have a, a deadline that I was looking to meet for a project. So I napped first and then I was able to crank out the project. So I think that that what you're talking about and honoring the flow, because there is, there's such a, wow, when you talk about the, the, the menstrual cycle and you look at the hormonal peaks and valleys of estrogen and progesterone and testosterone as we go through every, typically every 28 days for, you know, the perfect case scenario. But even as you go through perimenopause and menopause, there still are cycles and Ironically, you and I were just talking about this. Today is the full moon in Virgo. So it stands to reason that I was completely depleted yesterday. I think that that's um, probably pretty normal when you talk about the lunar cycle. Wouldn't you agree? Yes. The lunar cycle is a great way for, that, that is like a question I get. If you don't experience the cycle, your cycle's not regular enough to be able to follow it. I always say the moon is powerful. If it can move oceans, it can move you. And so just kind of honor that and lean into it. But I think the most important piece that you touched is your body was communicating something to you. And so no matter what someone on the outside world is trying to tell you what to do, your body is telling you something. And if you keep ignoring it, it will turn into disease. It will. And um, I think between your story and myself burning out and all the autoimmune issues that I came up with having my child, my second child, 
And I began to honor my body, listen to what it was trying to tell me. You know, there's, there's something in that because when we ignore what it's saying, our body is going to get to a point where it's going to just, the messages are going to get louder or your intuition, that inner authority is going to get quieter because it's going to get sick of trying to give you that information and you're not thinking it's important. Hmm. I love the fact that you bought intuition into our conversation. So how do you personally, I know that all of us, I believe that all human beings, all sentient beings have access to information that is above and beyond the traditional five senses that can connect us into higher senses of awareness called intuition. Now, what works for me is going to be different than what works for you and how you receive information is going to be different than how I receive information. So how do you personally connect with your intuition? Yeah, thank you for asking that because I think there was ultimately a trend I was getting really frustrated with on TikTok, talking to someone saying, listen to your gut instinct. Well, as someone with a sacral authority, I do have a gut instinct, but someone with a emotional authority might not have a gut instinct. It just depends on their type and their energy centers. And so I, you know, going back to inner authority, it's not your complete intuition, but it will strengthen and elevate your intuition so much because if you're leaning into decisions that you need to make, connecting with that inner authority is going to bring that higher. And so there is something in correlation of what energy centers are defined and how maybe that can help with that um, connection to inner authority and how to take into that. And so say for someone that um, has their spleen defined, they are built in with an extra sense of intuition because their spleen is giving them that information. And so That's ultimately where I started to connect with it, but ultimately giving space for it. So if you're moving and you're hustling and you're not going, you're just going through the motions, it's not going to come through. So giving space, whether that's walking outside in nature, whether that's meditating, you know, that's up to you to decide how you get to connect with your inner self. But I think anything that's going to get you out of your mind and into your body is going to be um, really important to kind of strengthen, bring that connection to intuition and practice. Because again, you know, the more we practice with it, the stronger that's going to get for us. Mm -hmm. And that changes, doesn't it? I mean, I know from my own personal life that, you know, as I have matured, um, I can honestly say that when I was in my 30s, I used exercise in order to get my yayas out. That's what I used to say, right? And essentially, I was just trying to manage my stress. But I would be so depleted and so exhausted at, after I was done exercising that I actually messages could come through. And then I was like, oh, well, that's kind of a little hard on the body. So let me try yoga. And then I got heavily involved into yoga. And then I was like, well, let me try meditation. Okay, so now let me try various types of movement to see what that feels like. And depending upon the day, depending upon my energy level, I do various different activities in order to promote my favorite mantra is to relax, open, and allow. And if I can create that space through my breath, then ultimately I'm achieving the desired result 
of allowing, relaxing my body and allowing the information to flow through me. Yeah. I think that's a really important point of it will change. And I will say that like what I do to connect with my intuition also changes along with my cycle. And so Mm -hmm. where I'm at, where I'm at emotionally, where I'm at physically um, depends on the practices that I try to have in my life. And I just try to be open with it. And so even for example, um, a couple of weeks ago, I really wanted to try out my new paddleboard. I was making myself feel guilty with even having that thought because this was a time for me to get stuff done in my work. But my body, I don't, something kept telling me that I just needed to take a moment and go paddleboarding. And so much came through. Like it was like a moving meditation for me. I connected with my inner child. And it's like these things that I was trying to follow, you know, the experts and figure these things out. It was all within me. Like I I had the answers. I just had to block out an afternoon, connect with myself. And I was able to have pretty much everything around that concept come through in that moving meditation. I pulled my paddleboard off and I just had a journal session and I got it all out and I felt amazing. And I had so many life lessons along the way that it was just confirmation of the universe saying like, see what happens when you listen to what you should be doing. And I was like, okay, you got me. You got me. Right, right. Jokes on me, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think sometimes it really does serve us to get out of our own way. And like you said, at the very beginning, which I thought was a really important Poor, uh, point for the listeners is that no decisions come from the mind. So that's not the place. The ego is not the place in which you generate um, a response. So I really appreciated you bringing that concept forward today. Thank you so much. Yeah, Kara. So I know many listeners are wanting to reach out to you personally. Can you share with us um, the best way to connect with you and kind of some of the cool things that you're up to and what we should look forward in the future with you, all that good stuff. Yeah, of course. Um, you can find me at karadempsey.com. I have some free offerings. I have an interactive human design workbook. So it just breaks down simply each energy center, each inner authority, pretty much the foundations of human design. So you can maybe look up your chart, someone in your family's chart, because I do feel like if we can understand that everybody operates differently and honor how they should make decisions and how they should take action, we would have better teamwork, families, work, however that is. And so that's a big piece of why um, I want to share human design. I also have another free option to help women plan around their cycles or the moon cycles. Um, I have a, a free printable to help with productivity around that. I'm in the works of making um, a printed planner for that um, as well. And then I have some coaching options. The first step is to book just a first call with me and we talk about your goals, what you want to do. And then I can go from there to see how I can pinpoint your human design, how I can pinpoint your cycle or the moon cycle and even astrology so that we can figure out how you are like designed and then how we can kind of coach going forward. And then I have packages from there to kind of build out because once we start this process, 
you'll see how much around your life around you will start to change when you start to kind of flow with how you're built. And so uh, my packages start um, at three sessions, and then we have six sessions. But my goal is to ultimately make tangible resources for each person I coach to help them work through and understand how they're built and not just tell them, I want to work with them. I want to coach them through on stepping into the best version of themselves. And then I have my podcast, Fluid Activity, that you mentioned. I do take my episodes and I do put them on YouTube. So that's um, a new venture that I've started. And then I'm mostly um, present on Instagram and TikTok. And my handle is it's Kara Dempsey. I-T-S-C-A-R-A-D-E-M-P-S-E-Y. That correct? That is correct. Thank you. Yeah, and we'll be sure to include all of Kara's contact handles uh, via the show notes so you have all of those resources. And it really sounds though, and am I in, is it correct that on your website you have the opportunity for a complimentary discovery call? Is that true? Or um, I haven't done discovery calls quite yet. Um, it's just more of the first coaching session is just a little bit cheaper than what a package would be just so we can kind of talk about and make sure we're um, together like the right fits. But um, I do encourage anyone if they have any um, questions, they can always reach out to my email. and I'd be happy to um, chat about that. And if you know, if they did want to reach out, we could set something up um, if they needed. Beautiful, because I know many of the listeners are like, Man, I love what she's saying. I love the kind of concepts of human design. I just don't know how to apply it and where I really, quote unquote, need it in my world. But I see the benefits of understanding every individual person's unique differences so that you can work in a synergistic way with other people, whether it's within your family or within a corporate structure, honoring everybody's strengths and possible challenges allows for a greater productivity or outcome. So. Kara, I'm, I'm looking forward to staying in touch with you and learning more about what cool things are happening. So we'll be sure to stay in touch. And there's so much gratitude that I have for you and showing up today on Energy Medicine Podcast. And listeners, please just take a moment. We'll be right back after this quick message. You have been listening to the podcast, Energy Medicine, where we are aligning your mind, body, and spirit with energy-based modalities. For more information about Dr. Mary Sanders or our podcast, check out our website, drmarysanders.com. Thank you for listening.